Now, in Exodus chapter number 25, and uh, we'll read uh, verse number uh, 22. Let's start with verse 21. You can stand if you'd like. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. And in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. That's the law. That's the commandments. And there I will meet with thee and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. You can be seated. Numbers chapter 7 verse 89 says, And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him, talking about the Lord, then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubims, and he spake unto him. We've been looking uh, at this box. We've been preaching on Jesus is in the box. God wanted to meet with his people, so he had a tabernacle erected in the wilderness for the children of Israel as he led them in their journeyings in the desert and into the promised land because he knew they couldn't make it alone. And he said, I'm going to come and dwell with you. And I'm going to commune with you. And he said, I'm going to meet every need that you have. I'm going to meet your needs uh, physically. I'm going to meet your needs uh, socially. I'll meet your needs spiritually. I, I'm going to direct you. I'm going to sustain you. Uh, I'm going to take you where there's water. I am going to bring you bread. I'll bring you quail. I'm going to keep a cloud over you by day. And i I'll keep a fire over you by night and, uh, and I will speak to you and tell you when to move and not to move and when to go to battle and when not to go to battle. But he said, what I want you to know is is that every bit of I, what I'm going to do for you, of all things that I'm going to do for you, he said, I am going to operate off this box and out of this box. This box was more than just a box. It was as all as if that it was a person, as if it had a personality. As I read the verse last night, how that the Bible said the ark of the covenant led them in the wilderness and sought them out a place of rest. It's almost like this box had a mind. But what that box was, it was saturated with the Spirit of God and it personified the Son of God. That box spoke of Jesus because we know that in Christ all our needs are met. It is through Christ that we are saved. It is through Christ that we are redeemed. It is through Christ that we are forgiven. He is uh, all in all is Jesus and Jesus everything. 
And if God uh, speaks to you, if God leads you, if God saves you, if God sustains you, he's going to do it through his son when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God works and honors through his son. Now we're not minimizing all these other articles of furniture. We are not minimizing them, but what we are doing is we are magnifying what God magnifies. Christ, thank God for a church. Thank God for his word. Thank God for prayer. Thank God for all of these things. We're not minimizing them, but you don't want to get hung up in those things and somehow not get to the reality of the person of Christ. Everything else leads you to Jesus, and Jesus is what it's all about. He has the preeminence with the Father. He was all that the children of Israel needed in their, in their oneness with God. He was one with the law. Uh, this, this box was, was one with the Lord. It was the Lord's ark and called the ark of the Lord and he was one with the lid or mercy. And Jesus brings us into his oneness with heaven. He gives us a commonality to where we're no stranger to God and the things of God because we are brought to God through Christ. He is all that we need in his approachableness. He is the one that gets us to the inside. We couldn't just barge in. There's too much death around here. But the scripture tells us that God began with the box and then he began to work his way outward with the altar of incense and the table of showbread and the candlestick and, and uh, then with the uh, brazen labor and the brazen altar. And what he was doing, he was coming from the inside out to get sinners that he might bring sinners from the outside in. Songwriter said it well, he came to me. Boy, he's, I, I couldn't just get in there but I can come boldly to the throne room of grace because of the blood of Christ. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. He is all that I need in his closeness. He was so very close to the children of Israel. Uh, he was close to them in their wilderness experience. He was close to them in their water experiences. He was close to them in their wall experience. He became all they needed for every circumstances in life. And thank God tonight... Jesus is all that we need no matter what happens to the economy, no matter what happens to the stock market, no matter what happens as far as the election is concerned. That doesn't change Jesus. He still said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But tonight I want us to take just a few moments and and I want us to emphasize Jesus in the box. And I call it a box because that's what it means. An ark means a container, one that holds something. The very personification of Christ. And I want to preach on he is all I need in his witness. He is all I need in his witness. Did you notice in the verses that I read to you, it emphasized that this is the ark of the testimony. The word testimony, of course, means a witness. It talks about the law that is on the inside would be a forever a witness to Israel of, uh, uh, of God's uh, word and God's statutes and God's law. 
God would witness from within this box. But then when Moses came close, God would witness from off of this box as he would speak to them and as he would testify to them and as he would commune to them. And so as a result, it's called the Ark of the Testament. There's some testifying going on when you get around this box. Yes, <laughs> And Israel needed somebody to testify to them. And you and I, we need somebody that knows something that can tell us something. We need a real genuine witness. We need a verification. We just can't believe what mama believed because she believed it. We can't just say, well, Daddy believed it, and that's good enough for me. Daddy might have believed something wrong. Who knows? We can't just believe what some preacher says of some denomination because we're just a part of that. I'm going to tell you, you don't know anything for sure until God verifies it in your heart through the Holy Ghost. There's got to be a heavenly testifying going on in your heart and soul. And if you don't have that, all you've got is a bunch of doctrines and a bunch of creeds and a bunch of regulations and a bunch of rules. And you really don't know what you believe nor what to believe until the Holy Ghost verifies and testifies. Israel had a testimony beyond Moses Israel had a testimony beyond Joshua. Israel had a testimony beyond David. Thank God for them and their testimony. But they couldn't testify like the box could testify. It was God's voice. And can I say to you it again personifies Christ. Who is, the Bible said, our witness, Revelation 1, 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. You'd have never known anything about God unless Jesus hadn't gone a-testifying to your heart and soul. And under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He said he is the witness. Hebrews 1 said, God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto us by the fathers, by the prophets, but hath in these days spoken unto us by his Son. Aren't you glad the day when Jesus got to talking on the inside of you and telling you some things that nobody else could verify? might have been raised in church and if you were that's a blessing your mom and daddy might have knew the Lord and they brought you to church and that's a blessing but honey even though they taught you and the Sunday school teacher taught you and the preacher preached to you and they may have told you the truth time and time again it only went into here it took the spirit of God and the son of God to bring it to here and then you knew for sure because you had had a testimony. A testimony of Jesus Christ. 
John said it this way, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen our eyes, which we have looked upon with our hands and handled of the word of life, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. They said, I'm going to tell you something, we've seen and heard some things. I'm going to tell you, we need some folks in this hour that's been getting testified to. And what a difference it is when a man stands up and preaches that has just been testified to by the Holy Ghost. (laughs) What a difference it is when a fellow stands on the job and begins to witness to someone else and testify to them what the Holy Ghost has testified in their heart. We're operating this hour too much on the mechanisms of religion and we think that if we just got the religious doctrines down that it's going to do the job. But honey, I'm going to tell you in your life and your daily living, you're going to have to hear from heaven and you're going to have to be testified to from Jesus before you can ever tell anybody anything. And he's the only one that can let you know for sure. But I'm glad 40 years ago, as a 14-year-old boy, Jesus showed up and told me some things. Heard from heaven. I'm glad that there's something that verifies in my soul. Though I wasn't there, as the songwriter said, when they put him in the tomb. And though I wasn't there when he came out of that grave, and though I wasn't there when he ascended to the Father, I've been testified to by the ultimate testimony of the Son of God through the Spirit of God, and therefore I know it so. Matter of fact, I got to go to Israel, and one of the reasons why I wanted to go over there, of all things, I wanted to go over and see where they buried me. Well, don't look at me like that. Yeah, they buried me over there in Israel. Did you know that? Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted to go over and see where I was buried. That's what the Bible said. I was buried with him, wasn't it? And resurrected in the newness of life. But I knew he wasn't in there before I ever got over there because I'd done been resurrected myself. I wasn't in there myself. I, I knew it was, I, I knew I had a witness that uh, it was so. And now, now the Lord said, I'm going to speak to you through my personified Christ. The box is going to testify. Now, let me hurry. Three things that God witnesses to Israel and witnesses through Christ to you and I. First of all, I want you to notice that God uses this box to witness to Israel is all that Israel needs as far as a witness and as far as a testimony. You don't need them little documentaries on TV to try to prove that there was an ark or maybe they did cross the Red Sea when it was only where it was only two foot deep or some of that ignorance. If the Holy Ghost has told you, it makes no difference what anybody else believes. But that ark testified of and spoke of a substance. It testified of a substance. Hebrews 9 and verse 4 said, which, talking about that ark, said, which had the golden censer, the ark of the covenant, 
overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the table of the covenant. Now, that box has got some substance in it. That ain't no ordinary box. God has some testimony in that box. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's got uh, it's three things in there. And God uses the substance of them three things to testify. They are a witness. Now let's reach in there and, and we're going to do what you couldn't do in the Old Testament. We're going to pull it out and get the testimony. First of all, there's the law. Now it may have been four or five hundred years later, but it don't make no difference. As a matter of fact, if we could find that Ark of the Covenant today, I'm sure if it's still intact, that'd be the law in there. God put that law, he put that testimony, he put that witness in there for the children of Israel. What I'm trying to say is that, that, that box testified of a book. Yeah. It testified that there really was a word of God. Yeah. There really was a written word of God. Sure. You getting what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> there really was a, a God-breathed book. Yeah. And it's in that ark. Yes, the very one, the very one that God carved down on the stone and gave to Moses and commanded him to put it in the te- put it in the ark of the testimony. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. If there's a book inside that ark, then that must mean there really was a Moses. Right? There must have really been a Moses. My goodness, here's the book. And if there really was a Moses, then there must have been a really was a mountain. Yeah. A mountain sign there. There must have really been a day when God showed up in a bush. Yeah. A burning bush. Yeah. And it must have really been an experience when that, when that rod turned into a snake and then turned back into a rock. Yeah. Yeah. See, the substance of that ark began to speak. And it spoke in a bold way. And it testified of past scenes and everything that had happened in history that the children of Israel, as time elapsed, may have forgotten about. But that ark let them know that it was real and genuine. Yes, amen. It spoke about a book. But you know, that ark not only spoke about a a, a book that was in it, but it spoke about some bread. Hey, some bread in there. Well, if there's some bread in there, it must testify and say something. You know what it's telling us? There really was a day when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. And there really was a day when Israel was out in those wilderness. And there really was a day that water came from great death. And there really was a day when God rained manna down from on high. And there really was a day when there was quail that flew over and fell down on the ground so they could eat. There really was a day when their clothes didn't wear out on them. There really was was a day we got the bread. It's testifying, ain't it? Say, so, well, how do you know all that's so? It's in, it's in the, it's in the box. It's in the box. 
<laughs> He's the one that knows about all of that. But we're talking about that box. It's a, it testifies about past scenes. I mean, places you ain't never been and no way you could have been there. But honey, the box testifies from within that it is absolutely true. And if you've ever run into Jesus and you let him speak to you, he can tell you and he's the faithful and true. Amen. And everything you read in the book, he'll say amen, amen, amen. You say, how do you know there was a flood? Because the Holy Ghost said amen when I read it. The Holy Ghost. Can you remember when you got saved when the Holy Ghost started saying amen in you? I'd never said amen in my life. And boy, I remember going back to church. And the preacher got up and he got to preaching about Calvary and the cross and, and about the tomb and the resurrection. And something inside, I heard somebody behind me say amen. I said, oh, I didn't even know what it meant, but it felt good. Amen. I said, let me try that. Amen. Uh, amen. <laughs> and ever since then, when somebody gets up to sing and, and, uh, and the Lord Jesus begins to bless and, and a man of God gets up to preach and in my heart there's just something in me that says, Amen. Somebody said, and you know what the word amen, he means truly, truly. Somebody said, how you know? That ain't me saying amen. That's Jesus on the inside, and he knows. And when I began to read the Bible, I read in the beginning, God and the Holy Ghost said amen. I got to read about Adam, and Jesus said Amen. I began to read about the ark. He said, Amen. And all the way through that book to the Revelation chapter 22, the last verse, he said, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, how you know? You can't know. Unless it's given to you out of the box. Out of Christ. That's why a lot of folks, I feel sorry for them sitting in church full of religion. And boy, you can preach about the truths of God down through the ages and they'll just be looking at you like, you know, what's that all about? They ain't never had a testimony meeting. Sitting out with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, Christ gets to sin. <laughs> Amen. That's the way I like to study. I get in my study, I get to read, and I'll read across a verse or two or something like that, and I just wait on the Holy Ghost to say, hey, amen. Yeah. Amen. He gets saying amen. I say, boy, amen. Yeah. <laughs> amen. Yeah. I'm going to find I'm going to go preach out about amen, see if I can get some amens out of the amen. Yes, sir. And you know what, Christian, you know what fellowship is? You know what the house of God is? It's just a bunch of folks that have been testified to coming to the house of God testifying about what they've been testified to about. Isn't it amazing? It'll be a verse that we've all read hundreds of times and somebody will come in here and get up just like it's the first time it's ever been quoted and say, the Lord met with me and here's what he said and they'll quote that verse. <laughs> the testimony, on, the testifier got to testify. That's all that is. That ain't you. That's Jesus talking inside of you. Huh? So we got, we, got a, we got a book in there. We got some bread in there. And then we got something that buds in there. Now, you got to understand that it looks like this on the inside in there. Huh? But now, it's been chopped off. It's just a rod. 
And he said, uh, you lay that out there before the Lord, lay all them rods, there'll be 12 of them out there, and the man that I choose, because Korah was all upset. It's like, you know, some churchmen don't go their way, and they can't be the boss, they're going to be all upset. And so they all upset. He said, go ahead and lay them rods out there. He said, the one that comes alive, and the one that bears fruit, not just leaves, it's going to bud and it's going to bear almonds, then that's my choice. They got up in the morning, they went out there and they said, that's impossible. Look at that. See, if there's a rod in there that's still got almonds on it, and fresh as a daisy, it's alive. There must be a resurrection. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you reckon? I mean, if something dead can be alive, they had they's got to be a resurrection. Right. Yeah. Boy, ain't it testifying? Yeah. Woo! I said, I don't believe in the resurrection. I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. No, sir. I think that's. A, I think that really is a. The most foolish thing in the world to believe in a resurrection. Unless you got one of these. Now you got one of these, I'm not going to argue with you. You coming down the road with one of these? I've I got nothing to say. I mean, I'm not, even if I don't, I'm just going to go on the other side of the road. I don't, I, you know. <laughs> Somebody said, I don't believe, I don't believe there could be a resurrection. What do you think of that? Huh? And that's what you've become and I've become in Christ. Dead and trespasses in sin, but he's resurrected us yes. in the newness of life and old dead limbs have come alive in Christ. And there's a witness going on that there is resurrection. How do you know? Because I've been resurrected. Every time he saves somebody, he does this. Amen. Don't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does that. Ain't it amazing? That's what I love going across the country. I like to see him take old dead limbs and do this. Yeah. They'll come to church on, on the, uh, maybe one night, Monday night, and they're just like an old dead piece of wood back there. No life at all. Yeah. Holy Ghost get to breathing on them. They get born again in the Spirit of God, and here they come in the next night. <laughs> and you can see the smile they don't know what it's all about but they know one thing it's good <laughs> and then I come back the next year for the next meeting and they're, they're there maybe even preaching or singing in the choir one old fellow got saved five years ago in those coal mining sections of the hills of West Virginia some of the meanest people on earth Every year I went by. The last year I was by there, he'd come out and hug my neck. He said, Preacher, it's been five years. <laughs> and he said, It just keeps getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I said, you didn't know all that was in the box, did you? You're talking about a testimony. If you don't believe nothing, you just got to get near the box. You got to let the box do the talking. You've been listening to religion too long. You've been listening to, to, to uh, 
Dr. Field too long. You've been listening to this whole world too long. Uh, you, need, you need to find out what Jesus has got to say about the resurrection. I was in the church on Easter Sunday morning. And I was sitting where you're sitting. And that was the prettiest congregation you ever seen. They was dressed up for Easter. And it was a full, packed-out crowd. And a good-sized church, I guess, 350. Or one. And they had a beautiful choir, and they were singing some of the best resurrection songs. And they could sing them. And it was set up just to be a great Easter Sunday morning. And the Holy Ghost messed it up. Sitting right there, if I'm a living, he comes to me and he said, you get up there and you tell them that if they believe all this singing and all this talk about the resurrection, that they're nothing but fools and that you don't recommend it. I said, well, how am I going to dig myself out of that hole if I tell them that? He said, you just tell them what I told you. So I got up and I was thinking, oh, Lord, you've got to have something coming in behind this. And I said, folks, I just want to tell you this morning here, they was all daisied out, just, they just smiling, you know. Easter lilies, a bunch of them. I said, folks, the Lord wanted me to tell you that if you believe all this pretty singing on somebody getting up out of the grave and all this talk on Easter Sunday morning, that you're nothing but a fool. Son, they looked at me. <laughs> I looked at myself. <laughs> and then it unfolded. I said, can you remember when the ladies came to the tomb and Jesus was there? And then they went and told the disciples, said, we'd just seen him. And did you know what the scripture said the disciples said? Now, they'd been with him three and a half years, but you know what they said? I'm not, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And then after he showed up with them in the upper room and Thomas wasn't there, Thomas came in and said, they said, Thomas, Jesus has been here. He said, no, I ain't believing nothing like that. I know, I seen him crucified. I was there when they carried him off. I said, hell, I ain't believing that. Well, see, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Now, get this. If we just went to a funeral, this, let's say we went to a funeral Monday, me and you, to our best friend that died, that we knew very close, me and you. We knew how he died. We went to the funeral, took part in the funeral. We as the pallbearers, we carried him out there. We set him over that grave, and we watched him lower down. Said, they said the last words, and we watched them as they throw the last piece of dirt on top of him. That was Wednesday. And then this morning, I saw you downtown and I said, hey, guess who I saw last night over, uh, over at such and such a place? Who? Bill? I saw old Bill. Bill who? The guy we buried Monday. He's over there in the Walmart parking lot. I seen him walking. Oh, you got to be mistaken. No, I walked up and I shook hands with him. I said, how you doing, Bill? He said, how you doing? <laughs> I said, Bill, how you doing? He said, I'm alive. 
I'm doing good. Now, I'm going to ask you something. If I was to tell you something like that, what would you say? You're crazy. And I wouldn't blame you. But, anybody would be a fool to believe that. Unless you ran into him somewhere. Now, if you used to happen to run into old Bill and he was up a kicking and going around, you wouldn't care what anybody else said. You'd know he was alive. Then you'd have something to say. Somebody said, they don't believe Bill's alive. I don't care what they believe. I saw him over at Walmart. He's up. <laughs> and I told them folks, I said, I just want you to know, if you ain't never run into the resurrection, if he ain't never showed up in your heart and in your place, you're a fool. You'll go to hell believing something you don't know for sure. The reason why I believe in the resurrection is not because somebody said it was, is because the resurrector showed up at my house. And resurrection moved in, and I've experienced resurrection. (laughs) This happened. He said, I got me a box, and I'm going to testify. There's a book in there. There's some bread in there. There's a rod. It's budded. I like that, don't you? Let me ask him, has he ever talked to you? He ever testified to you? He ever got does he ever go to talking about things that this old world can't see? Has he ever verified in your soul? I'll tell you something. He's all you need. As a 